connection. Welcome back to the Whole Equestrian Podcast. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. Discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. I'm Emily Hamill, a four-star level eventer, dedicated practitioner of yoga, Pilates, and meditation, personal development enthusiast, and plant-strong athlete. And I am currently in beautiful Aiken, South Carolina. And I'm Tyler Held. I'm a professional groom and a mental toughness coach, a lifelong learner in the areas of mindset, positive thinking, and motivation. I'm a practitioner of CrossFit, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and daily meditation. And I'm currently in sunny Ocala, Florida. So welcome, everyone. Uh, if this is your, your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. And if you are longtime listeners, thanks for coming back. So this is the second episode that Tyler and I haven't been able to record in person, but I think we're figuring things out. And hopefully we only have to do one take this time because last month we had to scrap our first recording just due to sound issues. But I think it turned out for the best because the recording we released to you guys was much improved content and sound wise. Definitely. Sometimes Emily and I hit the first recording and we're like, yeah, like that was awesome. We loved it. But sometimes we get a little, you know, rocky. We have to redo. But hopefully we're on our A games tonight. It's a it's a Monday around 8, almost 8.30 p.m. So, yeah. you know. So we're, we're having to dig a little deep to get this done. <laughs> we are doing it for you guys. So Maybe you, Emily, but I had the day off today. Yeah, I, I wasn't. <laughs> Um, some exciting news for this episode we have higher standards leather care sponsoring the episode Um, I love this company just because of their story Um, so Libby the owner of the company started making the soap as a Christmas gift for her barn friends and she like had a total horse crush on Karen O'Connor's horse Woody Um, And during Rolex week, she sent a care package to Kentucky for Woody and his staff. Um, And it included her handmade soap. And Max at the time was grooming. And uh, she was like, wow, this stuff is awesome. Like, where can I get more of the soap? And, you know, Max ended up using it at all the big Olympic events and international events. And, you know, now it's a huge company that sells tack care all across I don't even know the world, maybe, but um, across the country for sure. And that's a great story. I love that. Yeah, no, it's super cool. And like her product is amazing. Like it smells good. It makes the leather feel great. Um, If you haven't used it yet, you definitely should check it out. Yeah, and my first encounter with this company was when I received a sample pack of their products in one of those swag bags that you get at big FBI events. Um, So I think this was a couple years ago, but I personally love the products and the the citrus ginger scented soap is really nice. Um, It's like a aromatherapy treatment while you're cleaning tacks. So uh, yeah, check it out and support Libby and her really cool company. Yeah, and we thank her so much for supporting our show. There's a lot of like little things that go into 
making this happen for you guys. Um, aside from Emily and I's time, uh, microphones, we had to buy a domain name for the website, so any little bit is definitely going to help us keep going. Did you so, see I was thinking of you this morning when I wrote Monday Morning Meditations? Yes, I loved this morning's one. Can you um, tell our listeners what it is? Yeah, let me pull it up real quick because yeah, you put me on the spot, on the spot here, but that's okay. Um, I was definitely thinking about you because, um, you know, like sometimes where you are and where you're going, there's this huge gap and like, you know you have an idea that you have to believe in even when other people don't see it. Um, so that's what I wrote. You have to believe in a future for yourself that no one else can see. And I was kind of thinking about how, I don't know, when I like first started in Chester County, Pennsylvania, and I was like getting to work with the the Boyds and Phillips of the world. And I, I would go out for runs and like try to get fitter and mentally stronger and physically stronger and everything like that. And, um, I don't know. I, everyone always used to say like, what are you training for? What are you training for? And like, you're crazy. You don't need to do any of that to like get where you, you want to go in life. Um, but I really feel like I am so much closer to my goals now than I was then because of all that work that I've put in. And yeah, so sure. me, me believing in that vision of my future is what, what helped propel me through. Thanks, so, Emily. Yeah. What and, it, so that kind of sums up my, my word. So far, I'm digging it. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the goals for this year, um, I, we didn't go through all the goals in the last episode, but we'll kind of just talk about a few here and there that we, we've been working on. And the ones that I have kind of done but it's not like a, a one-and-done thing. It's more of a continuous practice. Um, 
I've been good at sticking to them. For instance, one of my goals is to like call and text PJ every morning and evening when we aren't in the same location because we both travel a lot and um, PJ is my husband anyway, if you guys didn't know that. But we, so we travel a lot and we tend to be really independent and we obviously love each other a lot, but we can kind of get wrapped up in our own thing and it can be easy to lose that communication. So just taking the time to just like check in every morning and evening, not because I have to, but because I want to. And um, yeah, that's been good since I'm in Aiken currently and he is in Pennsylvania. So that has been a goal that I, you know, continue to work on. And then the other kind of continuous goal is to use reusable shopping bags um, which kind of seems like something small, but, uh, I don't know. I was looking in at home in our pantry. We have like this bag full of plastic bags. Like anytime we use a plastic bag, it would go in there. And I was looking at this bag and I was like, that is so much plastic. Um, and I was like, I need to, to do something different. So I've been really good about using reusable shopping bags and, the key is to just not forget to bring them in with you because I've done that and learned from that mistake. Like I get to the, like I have really good intentions and then I get to the checkout and I'm like, oh, I don't have bags. So um, remembering to bring them and also remembering to put them back in your car is, is another thing. So I've kind of taken to the habit of anytime I use the bags and like bring them into the house then I will hang them on the door handle so I like have to when I go out the door put them back in my car so it's just creating those little habits to try to keep you on track and um, that's that's kind of where I'm at nothing too exciting but I feel like I'm you know improving as a person so that's <laughs> That's all you can do, Emily. And, you know, I feel you with those reusable bags. I actually shop at Aldi a lot. Um, yeah, you have to have They don't give you bags. You have to have bags there. Which, like, if you haven't shopped at Aldi before, guys, like, it literally feels like highway robbery. I got avocados for 39 cents the last time I was there. I'm, crazy. I'm still excited about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, Aldi is great. You need to bring a shopping bag. Sometimes I forget a shopping bag and then I'm literally just like unloading like all of my groceries loose into my car like a train wreck disaster. Um, but that's who I am as a person sometimes, so it's okay. <laughs> You're not using plastic shopping bags, so it's all good. Exactly. Um, just like not showering every day saves water. <laughs> I will say I actually do shower every day now that I do jujitsu because I do not want ringworm. No, thank you. Yeah, I really don't want you to get that either. Anyway, um, let's let's move on. Tell me about your word of the year and some of your goals. Okay, so um, if you guys didn't hear, my word of the year is connection, um, and I've definitely been taking time to make relationships more of a priority in my life. Um, I've only read five books this year so far and I should have read I should have read six 
at this point, well, technically I've read five and a half, so I'm kind of on track to read 52 books again. You know, it's fine. Um, but anyways, like, that was kind of my goal. I was like, okay, I spent a lot of time reading and, like, doing all these things. Like, I just want to be really connected with people and with my horses, and um, I'm really feeling closer to everyone I'm working with in the barn, um, getting close to, like, some of the training partners that I have at the gym, even though, like, you know, coming to a new gym and a new place was scary at first. Um, just feeling good in general in all of those aspects of my life. Um, and then as far as my goals are concerned, one of my, like, most excited goals is already checked off. Um, so I actually went today to the University of Florida and I had a running gait analysis performed, which was like, it was super cool. Um, they put like these sensors all over me and they basically like analyzed my stride. And I thought going in, I was like, look, I like, I walk on my toes. Like I do this. Like I thought they were going to tell me everything that I was doing wrong. And it actually turns out that a lot of the things that I'm doing as far as like my running pattern is kind of good for my knees. Like they've, they're like, you've really developed this, this pattern where you're, you're loading on the ground evenly, your foot strike is good. And, and the one thing that they said is I just spend a lot of time on the ground, which could create more um, impact on my joints and everything like that. So I'm supposed you to- You don't have a lot of suspension. Yeah, like I need and I need to up the cadence. So it's kind of like horses too. Like, you know, some of them just need to like get their feet off the ground a little quicker. So that's what I need to do is get my feet off the ground a little quicker. Like running the same speed with more steps, if that makes sense. So do we do like cavaletti work with you or ground poles and is that going to help? I'm actually supposed to use a metronome when I run and run to the metronome which I think is really interesting because I've been in, a, in an upper level um, rider's barn who happens to score really well in the dressage um, and they were wearing a wearable metronome to help with their flat work so yeah, I've done that before with one dressage trainer I used to use and that was helpful like I just had an app on my phone and then you know like had headphones in and it was yeah, so that's like definitely interesting. And I know um, Libby from Higher Standards and I were talking about how cool it would be to be able to put those sensors that I was wearing on the riders and the horses at the same time. Because I know like once you're getting into like the advanced tests and there's like certain things like, oh, he's just not stepping quite under on the right hind or, you know, like this change, like I can't get it clean. Um, right. And then finding out, is it a movement pattern thing in the rider or the horse? Or, like, is there some sort of physical limitation? So, I don't know. It was interesting. They definitely said that they could tell that I ride horses based on which kind of muscles were stronger. Um, but I have, like, a wider um, stance than most runners. Like, most runners are, like, hitting their legs together and stuff. Like, you think of a little thoroughbred with a narrow chest that kind of doesn't know where its feet is is and like knocks itself all the time um that's what a lot of people do but I'm actually like a good wide stance so um I'm excited to get back to running with my metronome and the other thing that I do way too much is move my arms um so I'm gonna keep my keep my arms in a plane hand, hand movement like 
like you just can't help yourself. I can't help my, I'm just extra. I'm doing extra, so I'm gonna like do less. Yeah. yeah, less is more. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you got that done. Lots of interesting insight, right? Yeah, I definitely think that like um, looking further into it, um, it, it can be something that I can apply to horses and riders in the future, just like being able to create an eye for how bodies are moving. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Nice. Well, um, do you know what time it is, Tyler? Um, I think it's books, books, books o'clock. <laughs> Heck yeah, it is. Um, so anyway, this month I've been reading High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard, and I'm not completely finished, but I'm going to say it's a must read for anyone that is serious about high performance. Like, it's really, it's just, there's a lot of really good information in there, and I, I've taken away a lot so far. But basically, it talks about, like, the six habits that uh, high performers have, and it can be in any field, you know, like business or um, sports or even, you know, high performers in, like, relationships, families, that sort of thing. Um, but anyways, there's six habits that they found to be like the most uh, useful and can kind of tell how people are going to do performance-wise. And there's three internal habits, which are clarity, energy, and necessity, and then three external, which are productivity, influence, and courage. And it basically gives you ways to cultivate these skills and habits and basically up your performance in any aspect of life that you want. So um, the biggest takeaways for me in this book, the first one, which was really powerful, um, was he talks about when you're transitioning between things, like from one task to another. So say you're like, checking your email that's that's one thing and then there should be a transition time to uh your next task so say your next task is a meeting right there's different things that need to happen and you need to bring your a game so he he suggests that in like you need to take a minute even if it's just one minute between your two tasks and just close your eyes for a second and breathe and basically as you exhale just think or say release and you know take a couple of deep breaths like that and then think about setting an intention for how you want to show up to your next task so he just explains it as release tension set intention and um yeah i I think that's good. Like I've used that around the barn when I go from riding horse to teaching lesson, just thinking about when I go to the next activity, like how I can show up as my best self. So that's been really helpful. Yeah. I think we've talked about that as far as like sitting on, like when you get on a horse, like giving it your attention and respect and like putting everything else from the day away. And like, I've used the analogy of, you know, like when, you start a martial arts class, like you bow into the mat, like it's that, that moment to just say, okay, like I'm here now. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just thinking about how many transitions you really have throughout your day, like you're going from one thing to another, and if you don't take a second and just think about the next thing you're doing, they can all just blend together, and it can be hard to perform at your best, right, if you're not really focusing on the task at hand. So that was super helpful to me. And then um, another important point was trying to, um, not trying, but make being of service to others part of your why. So Tyler and I, I'm sure you guys have heard us talk about having a why, so why you do something. and so, you know, I have my own why that I've thought of in my head, and it's, it's all good. But sometimes, like for me, riding can feel like a bit selfish because there's so much focus on individual results and seeking help from others to support my dreams. And as I get older and gain more perspective, I honestly struggle with that. Like, I'm super grateful for the opportunity to be involved in an elite sport, but I also realize that there's a bigger world out there with real-life problems, and it makes me question the meaning behind what I do sometimes, if we're being honest. Like, it just... I, I It makes me think, right? And uh, Which is good. You should question your beliefs at times. But anyway, thinking of how I can make my why stronger by making it be of service to others, not just making it about myself, was really um, kind of a game changer for me. And uh, I just sat down and took the time to figure out how to reframe my why and change my mindset behind what I do. So I came up with this. I will use my skills that I've developed through hard work and knowledge that I've gained through dedication to the sport to serve the people and horses in my life to the best of my ability. So, you know, I'm still talking about the riding and how it's important, but it's like using that to help other people and not just myself. So I don't know if that makes sense, but like to me that that kind of flipped a switch and I was like, oh, okay, like, I'm actually, all this time that I'm putting into my craft is actually helping others. And so, does that make sense? Are you following me? Yeah, no, I mean, I, it does. And I, you know, every time I have that similar thoughts too, I think about like how much time, energy, money, resources are put into something like football. And it's the same thing. Like, it's not just the horse world. Like, what, what is football among like it's just a bunch of dudes on a field fighting over a little ball you know like I'm sorry to any football fans out there but but that's what it is but you know then if you look at it from a bigger picture it's something that little boys are doing with their dads like throwing the football out back or you know dreaming of playing in the NFL or, like, doing these big things, and, like, that's something that people take and dream of and say, this is what I want to, like, go do in my life, or, like, this is where I find my source of connection, and so there are people 
in the horse world that's like this is where we get our connection from and this is what we get our hope and our aspirations from so just because it's like you don't need to justify pursuing something like this because um like I think Boyd Martin always says the rest of the world is fighting over a bowl of rice like this is our reality Yes. Yeah. Right. So, um, and then the last takeaway that I'm going to talk about, because this is a great book, um, but he, Brendan, talks about um, if you kind of get distracted or, you know, you're losing focus, just ask yourself who needs your A game the most right now. And that kind of makes it, again, about others, like, why do you need to bring your A game? It's not really for you. It's like to help other people, right? And then the right now creates a sense of urgency so that you're like, oh, I actually have to get beyond point right now for this person. And it just, um, I don't know, that was another thing that just helped change the way I, I thought about some things. So, and I, I did this actually when I was competing at Pine Top last weekend. Like, if I get distracted a little bit, I would just ask myself this question, and I would always answer with, like, my horse needs my game right now, right? So I need to do my job and show up for the horse. So that has been helpful. But, again, this book, I think I think it's a really good read, and I would encourage you guys to do it. And there's actually a lot of free book offers for this book, and you can find that on Facebook. Or if you Google high performance habits, it will link you to the HPX Life website. And then there's a book link. And all you have to do is pay like $7 shipping. So I guess it's not technically free, but um, like it's worth $7 for sure. And if you can't pay $7, you can probably find it on thriftbooks.com or something. But it's totally worth it. And then there's also... You can take this high performance indicator assessment at highperformanceinstitute.com, and it's just a quick quiz that's a good tool to see where you fall on the scale of like high performance, and it'll also show you where your strengths and weaknesses are um, when it comes to those six habits, and then the book can help you improve. So I would just say take the quiz, get the book, change your life. Wow, and we're not even sponsored by High Performance Habits. I know, I just gave them a huge shout out, but you know, it's it's good information and I think it should be shared, so. I love that. Okay, so some of the books that I read uh, this month, my wonderful parents bought me a textbook I've had my eyes on for over a year. I've wanted to read Advances in Flow Research. Um, we've talked about the concept of flow before. That's the like high performance state that a lot of research has gone into of like this is peak performance, this is the zone. Um, so I got like the textbook that does the deep dive into the theory and the concept and talks about the research and you know different aspects of it as far as like this is how you can have flow in your relationships this is how you can have flow in like everyday life um and i think the interesting thing right now for me is like one of the 
key concepts of flow is like it's it's in a time that like tasks are challenging um so if you think about like that show jumping round or you know some that that dressage test that you're like okay like I showed up on my a game today and this is challenging but I'm doing a good job and I'm just thinking about every movement and it's all flowing like that's that's flow state um and then they talk about like contrasting people have moments of peace when they're just like washing their dishes but that's not necessarily flow state um so making sure that you have some sort of challenge in your life to get into these states of performance. So I'm kind of interested in like, also, I don't know if research has made a name for that other state where you're doing the dishes or mucking a stall and you're just there completely absorbed in the activity, but like neither of those things are really challenging. So we don't really call that flow, but like, I find that those moments of inner peace are something to chase after just as much as those, you know, like I'm, I'm sweating, but I'm flowing. Um, yeah. It's like a Zen moment, right? Yeah. Like breaking your little Zen garden or fucking stall. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that will be my doctoral thesis. Who knows? Um, <laughs> But that was really, that's really interesting. I'm actually not finished that one yet, but um, shout out to Megan and Ken for paying for that for me because textbooks are expensive. Um, I love that your, like, desire is to have a textbook. I love that. I literally, like, (laughs) there's another one I have my eyes on now that's, like, about, like, training in the heat. Um, So, you know, it's just, I I love, I love textbooks. Yeah. but on a lighter side, you guys will be proud. I did read a fiction book, so it's that was probably like your first fiction book in a long time. Like over a year for sure. And like I don't know, I used to read all kinds of like teen drama and like fantasy and you know, right. like I read all of the Hunger Games, like a book complete bookworm. Um and I used to read I don't even know what they were called. There were these fantasy books about like cats. Um, they were like warrior cats, uh, <laughs> but I read, I read a book called, uh, The Last Wish, which is like a witcher book, um, which is fantasy. I don't know. I don't know what it is either, but I read it in like five days. Yeah, it is a series. Um, and it was really good. It was, um, I'm sorry, Anthony. So Anthony is my jujitsu professor who recommended this book to me. And I was looking at the copyright dates because I'm like looking for the next one to buy on Amazon. And it's like actually kind of hard to find. Well, like you can pay 15 bucks for it, but like it's not on thrift books or whatever where I buy my $3 books. And um, these books were written before I was born. So (laughs) calling you out for the recommendation, because he was probably reading them before I was born, maybe, I don't know, um, but yeah, no, it was good, it was, it's nice to, like, take a, take time off and not be so serious, um, and I, I was completely absorbed in it, like, I was like, I, I have to keep reading this book, um, so I'll probably get the next one and do the same thing, um, and, and that actually kind of makes it good, because then I, I'll read, like, a little bit of the research book in the morning, and then, like, before I'm going to bed, I'll read, the fiction book, which is not so dense, and that I'm not, like, getting my wheels turning right before I'm going to bed. 
Um, and then another lighter book that I read was called Yes, Please, which is Amy Poehler's autobiography, um, which was just fun. Like, I, yeah. I watched all of Parks and Rec in my college years when I used to binge watch Netflix and stuff. You know, like, you're seeing all sides of Tyler right now. Um, but here's just one quote that I pulled out of there that I really liked. Um, she said, you have to care about your work, but not about the result. You have to care about how good you are and how good you feel, but not about how people, th how good people think you are or how good people think you look. So like, that's all about caring about the things that you can control, right? Yeah. Care about how you, how good you are, care about how you feel, but don't care what anyone else thinks of you. And I think that's really important. That's great. Shall nice. we go on to the main topic of this episode? I think, I think we should. We had another good books, books, books section, so moving on. I don't even know if we introduced this when we, in the intro, I can't remember. I, I can't either. But Terrible podcasters. But anyway. In the spirit of <laughs> this episode brought to you by Higher Standards Leather Care, we're going to be talking about setting higher standards. And um, this is something that, like, we all need to strive for and set kind of this bar for yourself and try to maintain it. And I know it can be difficult to find that balance between striving and being content. Uh, I, I struggle with this. I think probably anyone who is a driven person struggles with this. Like, you're always wanting more and, you know, getting better and, Sometimes I think once you've reached a certain level, you need to just be content and like enjoy it. So, so uh, I think it starts though, in order to set those higher standards, you have to have clarity on what you want in life. And uh, you need to know your values and set boundaries when it comes to attaining these desires. So basically if it doesn't align if your values don't align with what you want in life, then you may need to change your expectations and, like, rethink some of those things. Yeah, and I think that, like, that line is, is really difficult. And I like what you said about, like, you know, finding times to just be content. Um, and you know how I just, like, constantly think in metaphors. Um, my My very first thought about that is, like, you know, like, in fitness, um, like if you're making a strength or conditioning plan for someone, it's going to work in a micro cycle, right? Like you're not going to go and do a one rep max like every day. Like that's not how you get better. You're going to start lifting weight and you're going to add a little bit more and progressively overload, progressively overload until now all of a sudden you can lift so much more weight than you could on day one. And that's the same thing as like setting higher standards for yourself is, you know, you're going to have this idea in your head of where you want to be, like your goal, your one rep max, your standard of where you want to be. And you're going to constantly be pushing a little bit towards that, a little bit towards that. And then once you reach that goal, it's like, okay, take a breath, like you achieved a goal, but then you know what? Now that you're there, you're probably going to be able to do a little bit more. But 
still celebrate the victory of reaching the one goal and and then you know constantly readjusting and thinking about like what standards you have in your life and I you know we talked about this a little bit for anyone who followed along with our sugar reduction challenge in the whole equestrian community you know if you have a diet that's completely full of sugar like you're having donuts for breakfast and brownies with your lunch and ice cream after dinner and you're drinking soda all day long setting a higher standard could just be eliminating one of those desserts drinking water instead of soda but if you're eating vegetables with every meal and you're you know like pretty conscious about what has sugar in it maybe you're starting to cut things like sugary ketchup or you know protein bars that have more sugar in them than they should like it's it's a different standard and you just have to be realistic about where you are and where you want to go and like I don't know, we're going to continue to talk about this, but like this theory and concept of having higher standards can be applied to almost anything in your life. Definitely. Um, and I think kind of building on that too is you need to raise your expectations of what's possible. I know that limiting beliefs are, are a big issue. Um, so if you have a limiting belief about something, I think you need to take the time to explore it, you know? Um, and why not think that you can do better, have better, um, perform better, whatever it is. Like, there's all these things that we tell ourselves, but a lot of times it's just in our head, right? Like, it's, if we really explore why we're telling ourselves that, we probably will realize that there are more options and opportunities and we shouldn't just settle, basically. And uh, there's this movie that I watched a lot with my dad called The Edge with Anthony Hopkins. And it basically is about these people who get stranded in the middle of freezing cold, uh, middle of nowhere, Alaska. And they're being stalked by this killer bear. Anyway, there's this quote that has... Um, I know this is, like, random, but it's going to make sense in one second. There's this quote that always stuck with me, and it's Anthony Hopkins. Who's, he says, what one man can do, another can, one can do. And so, I don't know, like, that was really powerful for me. It's like, what's holding you back? If someone else can have this great life, and you, like... I don't, I don't know if envy is the right word, but, like, if you see this person with a great job or family or um, anything, basically, lifestyle, like, what's holding you back? Why can't you have that? They have that. Why can't you put in the work and figure out how to get it if that's what you want and if that aligns with your values and, and um, you know, just, like, why not? They can do it, so can you. Right. So, I think that's that, a random tie-in, I know. No, I, I like it, because that, that thought is something that, like, definitely, you know, like, when I stepped into a gym for the first time, I saw people that were fit, right? And I thought, oh, my God, like, that's never going to be me. And that was, like, the mindset that I had going into it, and I was like, well, you know, like, that's impossible, like, 
so many bad fixed mindset things that I had going into it that I was like, well, like that's never going to be me. And I, I think I've slowly realized like over the course of like, you know, even just like the last year that I'm becoming that person to someone else. Like, I think there's people out there that look at me and they say like, she can do it, but I can't. And that upsets me so much because I was that person on the sidelines saying that, you know, like that can't be me. And it can, if you, if you change the standards that you have for yourself, like if you want to be the person that's putting in the effort, putting in the time, like, you know, really getting down to the nitty gritty and, and putting in the work, you can do anything. For sure. I, I like, I wholeheartedly believe that if you, if you want something bad enough, like you're going to figure out how to get it and you're going to put in the work and why not? You know, there's a, there was another good quote. Actually, Emily, I think it is in one of the first, like, I, it was like totally a cheesy self-help book, but like I lent you this book when we weren't even really close friends. Um, and it was, you can't afford the luxury of a negative thought. Do you remember me lending that to you? Yeah. So a quote from that book that like has really stuck with me is you can have anything that you want. You just can't have everything that you want. Yes. Now that you say that, I remember talking about this quote with you right because like you know like if you really want something there are going to be sacrifices to get it Mm -hmm. so that's where like you can have anything you just can't have everything like do you want to be number one in the world at something yeah like you're also you're probably not gonna be an olympic gold medalist and world's greatest dad you know just not gonna happen that's not the reality of it but you can have anything you want. You just can't have everything. Exactly. And that goes back to prioritizing and your values and what's really important. So. Right. Like if you're spending time with your friends, like you have to deal with the fact that you're not learning Spanish in that moment. And when you die and you don't know a second language, you're like, oh, well, I never learned Spanish, but I spent a lot of great time with people that I really care about. Then does it matter that you didn't learn Spanish? Probably not. Probably not, no. No, no. Um, so as far as like also in the theory concept of setting um, higher standards, um, ties in a lot to having like a healthy sense of self-respect um having healthy sense of self-respect like also leads to having healthy relationships um so i think it's really really important to think about the standards that you're setting for yourself also relate back to the standards of what you tolerate coming from other people in your life sure and um just as an example like too often I hear stories of working students that have been made to like feel inadequate with unkind words from the person in charge and because it's coming from a place of authority the person receiving these words often accepts them as truth and if you have experienced this firsthand like, I'm here to tell you to not accept this as your truth because, like, you are enough, period. 
end of story and you need to realize and respect yourself enough to not allow people to to talk to you in a way that makes you question your self-worth um and i'm not suggesting that you like stop working hard because you've got it all figured out and you can't take constructive criticism because there's always room to improve and grow but I'm just suggesting that you make sure you surround yourself with the right people that challenge you to be better without making you feel bad so um, to me that's like uh, one of the more common things um, that I see and you know it doesn't have to be in a barn it can be anywhere it can be in a relationship it can be else that you talk to people like if they make you feel bad about yourself have enough respect to find better people to surround yourself with you know absolutely and like I don't know like I think I've been in that position too like I've been in you know trying my heart what is my hardest at the time and you know someone's just yelling at me and accusing me of being stupid And I think, like, from a management perspective, too, like, you just have to realize that, like, nobody knows everything and nobody is a mind reader to, like, know exactly how you do something in your barn. Like, they might have done it differently their whole lives. And just because they're not doing it doesn't mean they don't want to do it right. Like, I think that's also the mindset of, um, like assuming that everyone has good intentions. Yeah. Like, I think that you should approach people like they want to do this right. And that's how you can get the best out of everyone. Because if you're like, oh, like, I realize that you're trying really hard, but that's not how we do it. It's a more positive approach than just being like, you're inadequate. Because that doesn't, that doesn't get, you know, you're inadequate. shape your people and once you have those higher standards like then you don't have to worry about things like if you are you know really diligent about working together as a team like Emily for for instance you go away to horse show all the time but you've been managing the barn in Aiken so you need to be like setting this high standard on the days that you're there with everyone so that when you do go to the horse show it's not like you're at the horse show 
calling them and being like, oh, did this get done? Oh, did get this get done? Because everybody knows their job and everyone knows what standard is expected out of the barn. And so you can go focus on your horse show and they know exactly what they need to do at home. If you are constantly worried about things that are going on in your barn when you're not there, it just means you're not being an effective enough leader when you are there because you're not setting those high standards for this is how we do things. Yeah. And leading by example too. You know, like you can't set these high standards for the people that you work with, but then not hold yourself to those same standards. Like you need to show up and you need to um, just give your your best to anything that you do. Um, whatever your best is in that moment, obviously some days are easier than others, but just, you know, giving your best to the situation, kind of showing people that that's how you're going to, you're going to come to work and that's how you're going to, um, interact with the people in the barn, the horses in the barn. And then it just becomes like the norm. That's what's expected, right? Like that's, that's how we want this barn to operate and so it just makes life a lot easier agreed wonderful so um also kind of taking a look at things what you're tolerating and this ties into a little bit of what we just talked about in the barn of setting those standards and not tolerating things below those standards um do you, do you have any more to add to that in the barn? Because if not, I'll talk about kind of the riding side of that. Well, okay, it is kind of a little bit of a joke, but, um, you know, the, the girls and I right now, we, we, we say you, can, you know how morale is in the barn based on how well the aisle is raked because, like, at the ends of the aisleway because that's the very last thing that you do at the end of the day, right? Um, so if you're feeling burnt out and tired and like you had a really disorganized day, you're going to do a really shitty rake job and like, just call it a day. Or, you know, like if it's like a really bad day and it's been hours after like the, the raking is like almost non-existent. But when, when we're setting those high standards for ourselves and like the raking is really good, we're like morale is good, but how can you make it so that people are doing the best and keeping those high standards from the first bucket of grain that gets dropped in the morning to the aisle that gets raked at the end of the day. Um, and I think that people really appreciate order and organization. And like in this industry, like everybody wants to do a good job. We love the horses. We want to take care of the horses well. And like when you have a good idea of like what is expected from you in your day and you know like this is what I should be doing at this time and like this is when the horses get fed and like you know how much everything how much time everything takes and realistically what you can fit into a day without feeling like wow today was awful I don't even feel like I have the energy to rake the end of the aisle at the end of the day like I think that's so important to realize and like you can tell if you're instilling a culture of people that want to, you know, clean out the wash dolls and make sure everything looks good and, and take pride in their work, 
because you've set a high standard of like, look, we're going to work hard together and we're going to get this done together. And like, we, we all want this running well and we want everything to look good because I think sometimes when it gets really disorderly or it gets chaotic and like, you're not really sure what's happening. It's like, you're kind of dragging your feet and you, you don't, you don't care anymore enough to do that stuff. Does that yeah. make, make sense? It does to me. Yeah. I mean, we have to ask the listeners, but it makes sense to me. I get it. I feel you. I'm on the same page. So, and then, um, thinking about also what we tolerate when it comes to our horses and, you know, like what behaviors do you tolerate and how does this affect their way of going or their willingness to learn? Like, for example, if they're pushy on the ground, chances are that's going to show up somewhere under saddle. And so, you know, being a little more diligent about what you tolerate in your horse's ground manners and kind of setting a higher standard there and hopefully seeing some of the benefits when you're riding. And also setting higher standards and having more attention to detail, like your lines to and away from a fence or your position during a movement that you struggle with, like a dressage, or like the correctness of a transition. And noticing when things aren't how they should be and then really wanting to do it better and taking the time. And it might not get better right in that moment, but like maybe it's a little bit better, right? So you do a transition so that your horse is a little more through and then the next time it's a little more through than that, but not just kind of aimlessly riding around, but starting your ride with intention and having a higher standard um, for what you expect from yourself and your horse. So, yeah. I really like what you said, like, too, especially about, like, the groundwork stuff, because I know that, like, even with, um, you know, like, one of Jenny's horses is a little bit more difficult to handle on the ground, and she, she come up, came up to me as he was kind of, like, pushing all over me and stuff, and she's like, see, that's exactly what he does under saddle, so, like, you need to, like, stop that, nip it in the butt right there, and, like, yeah. it's just little things, like, I think it takes time to learn to pay attention to it. And, you know, like when you first walk into your very first working student job, like if you are feeding the horses and filling the water buckets and like everyone survived the day, like it feels like a huge win. But as you continue to work with horses, it's like, okay, like what are the little things that are changing on their legs? How are they feeling in hand? Like, what is their personality today versus yesterday? Are they a little bit back sore? Just like really paying attention to every little detail and like having that be standard operating procedure for you. Like I need to notice a hair out of place on my horse. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I think the striving thing, right? Like your standards are always going to change a bit. Yes. What you think is the best you can do today, like you're gonna learn more, and then you know maybe in a month, your your standard shifts up, right? So it's just it's a constant thing. Like the more you more you learn, 
the the more you're going to raise the bar of what's expected and um, like that's okay and I think also people not thinking that they have to set the bar so high right away and have these super high standards that they're not quite ready for yet um, knowing that you have to start somewhere and like you'll gradually work your way up um, I think is, is also important yeah and I think that if you like if you don't look at pictures of yourself riding five years ago and get a little embarrassed, it means yeah. that you haven't grown, right? So, like, yeah. you should look back on the past and be like, oh, wow, like, that's funny. Like, remember, like, I have um, the pictures from the training three-day that I did, and, like, this is when I was like, I'm on top of the world. I am the greatest rider ever, and it is just, like, embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. I'm like sitting down. I think we should throw some of our like old riding pictures out there on social media. Emily, I'm like sitting down on the horse's back, like over a training level cross country fence. Oh, I think we're gonna have to see that. All right. I'll, I'll pull out one of my old pictures, like maybe from my days of riding Western, where it's like super embarrassing. I love it. <laughs> but anyway, there. Um, you can also set higher standards when it comes to your surroundings. So, uh, I don't know, one episode, can't remember where, but we've touched on outer order, inner calm. And so, I guess, taking note of what your spaces look like. You know, your, your tack room, your horse trailer, the, the barn in general, like, what do those things, when you take a look at them, like what kind of feelings does that invoke? Are you, you know, excited to be there because like it's a great place to work and everything's organized? At least for me, that's what, if things are organized, I'm just like, I am energized. Um, but if things are kind of all over the place and there's no order, like that stresses me out coming into a space like that. So, um, yeah, for me, organization, like, I totally geek out on that, like, the container store, anything, like, that I can put things in and make things more organized, like, it makes me happy on a very deep level, um, and then it just helps me with my mindset going into whatever the task is at hand in that particular space, so, again, just, um, and your standards might be different, like, maybe organization isn't so important to you, maybe it's, Emily, there's other things that are more important than organization. Okay, so, like, this is something that definitely, like, I I am, like, becoming so, so much more of an appreciator of, like, having, like, a nice organized space. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm, like, I'm more for function over, like, how things look. So, I'm, like, oh, well, like, if that just looks good but, like, I can't actually use it and get into it then it doesn't matter to me, but, um, but now, like, I'm trying to blend those two things together, because, um, I think Jenny really appreciates, like, everything, like, in its spot, and beautiful, and stuff like that, so, like, I was 
pat myself on the back. I was at the Wellington Showcase this weekend and like I didn't have a tax stall. And so I was like, okay, like how can I organize this? So I had like my grain like in one corner of a stall and then like I made sure to put my towel up behind my little saddle rack. And I have this really awesome like wheelie trunk thing that was like in one thing and then I had like Jenny's space and I was like, okay, like I've got everything set up and it's all in its place. And like I felt really organized and like, I took pride in the way that my blankets were folded on like the blanket hanging rack. And it's just like, that's not something that I could have even said like three months ago. I'm like, ah, folding, folding, schmolding. But um, it matters. It does. It's like the Navy SEAL make your bed type deal mindset. Every day. I'll, I get better at blanket folding every day. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. Would Emma be proud? Are you doing the burrito blanket fold? I don't know, actually. I'll have to, um, I'll have to converse with her at the next show that I see her at. All right. Um, the last kind of segment we're going to touch on uh, in regards to higher standards is nutrition. So, Tyler, you want to take this one away? Yeah, I think, like, as far as just, like, having higher standards, like, when you're working with nutrition, which is something that, like, we're very passionate about here at The Whole Equestrian, um, just thinking, like, are you being honest with yourself about your habits? Are they, are they truly healthy or are they places where you can improve? And, like, this is something that, like, I'm still working on. I think I'll always be working on. I think there's always research and opinions and diets coming out of like this is what like you should be doing to be healthy and this is what you should be doing to perform and then those don't always line up and so it can be really confusing but um I don't know like something that I like is like I've got a notch in my belt and and that's like I know that that's where I'm sitting at my healthy weight and so you know that's an easy way to monitor like okay you know like I have done deep dives into nutrition and everything like that and I've worked with nutritionists and like this is where I got on my belt and if I ever get bigger than that on my belt I know something else is going on in my life that I need to address um, and it's not always good to obsess over numbers and stuff like that but if you can measure something you can improve it um, so kind of like having this standard of like okay I know that I can feel this good and look this good, so let me make sure I'm continuing to do the things that make me feel this good and look this good at the same time. For sure. Yeah. Um, and for me, I just recently actually um, started to, to change my thinking about nutrition and setting some different standards for myself. I was feeling super drained in January and like I was eating well, staying hydrated, getting a good night's sleep, like seven to eight hours. And I was like still at the end of the day, I was exhausted and yeah, I'm riding a lot and all of that, but that's pretty normal for me. So, um, it's like, there's gotta be something going on and I'm, you know, I like to be a problem solver. So I broke down these things to, to see if I was, you know, really doing all, you know, the eating, sleeping, drinking well. And um, I started with the food aspect. So uh, 
I'm plant-based and, uh, you know, plants are very nutrient dense, but they're very calorie light. And so I was like, well, maybe I'm not getting enough calories during the day. Like I, I eat a lot. Anybody that knows me, like I'm eating quite often. Um, but I haven't ever really like figured out how many calories I'm eating because I'm not really a calorie counter. But anyway, I went on this website, caloriecounter.net, and then it's just like the simple thing. You enter your height, weight, age, activity level, etc. And then it kind of gives you a rough idea of how many calories you need in a day. And so they're saying that I need like 2,539 to be exact. And um, I forget what the normal calorie, um, like what, what's standard? It, it's like, well, like most of the nutrition facts on the back of a thing says like based on a standard 2,000 calorie diet. Yeah. So, like, I need more than standard, right? And so, one day I just, I counted all my calories for my typical meals. Like, I, I'm, I'm a creature of habit, so I tend to eat a lot of the same things. Not exactly the same, but, you know, my breakfast is the same and whatever. So, I broke that down, and I realized that I, I actually need to eat more than I've been eating. So, that's good news because... Um, I get to eat more, and I love to eat. So, um, but yeah, just realizing if something's not going well, like maybe you need to reevaluate and then change your standards of what you think you need to do. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my little take on it. I don't know if that exactly. I, I think that's I'm setting a higher standard. You're setting a higher knowing. standard of calories to eat in the day. Exactly. I mean, who doesn't love that? So that is a benefit of being plant-based people. You get to eat a lot more. I, I feel like even, um, like, I pretty much just eat protein, like, you know, lean meats and everything like that, and, and produce. So I have um, vegetables and fruit, and, like, sometimes I'll throw in, like, quinoa rice and oatmeal. But, other like, I'm pretty much eating protein and produce, and I do the same thing. Like, I feel like I eat all day long and then I put my calories in and it's like you've eaten 1300 calories today and you walked 10 miles and you went to the gym for three hours and so you should eat 3000 calories and so yeah no wonder you feel like you're dying yeah <laughs> um so you know it is it's really interesting to to go into that stuff but I think uh I think that really really does it for setting higher standards um we'll touch a little bit more on our listener question, but yeah, just like an idea of having some level of achievement that you should stay at, maintain, aim for. Um, Cool. So our listener question um, comes from Silver Lining Eventing um, and says, how do you ensure your standards aren't so high they turn off or push away clients? I have a standard that students arrive 30 minutes ahead of lessons to get ready, but when they show up five minutes before, I will help them get ready, but the lesson ends when it was scheduled to end. I usually have people after and don't think it's fair to everyone else, but sometimes I can't get the concept through to people, and when it's a kid who doesn't drive, I sometimes feel bad. 
However, I am always on time to everything and expect the same from other people, which may be unrealistic. And she follows up and says, how do you make sure your own high standards don't drive you crazy, whether they are unrealistic or you feel guilty if you don't meet them? I have incredible guilt if I rush a groom job on my girl and I know she's dirty. How do you tell yourself it's okay to lessen your high standards once in a while for the sake of your sanity? So this is good. This is like a two-prong, like, how do you make sure that, like, when you have high standards and someone else isn't meeting them, you can deal with that? And, like, those times where you can't meet your own higher standards, how are you dealing with that as well? Yeah. So from a trainer's point of view, I think it's good to have high expectations for your clients as long as it's clear and upfront. And um, this might be something where, you know, you need it in writing. So when they start riding with you and they have to sign a liability release form, they also need to sign like a um, expectations form or, you know, whatever you want to call it. A higher standards form. Higher standards. There you go. We're going to start something new. But just lay out what's expected, and when people know from the get-go what is expected of them, there's no surprises. So hopefully that creates a good environment for everyone involved. And it does sound like she's being clear with her clients, so you know at that point it's just up to them to step up or communicate if there's an issue. Like obviously if there's something out of their control that's making them late, like. If it's a one-time thing, that's different than, like, every time. You know, so just communicating, or if there's really an issue, again, just communicating. Like, so many things can be fixed through that. Um, and I think that that pretty much sums that part up. And then as far as having higher standards for yourself, it's definitely important to be honest about your current situation. Um so that you can manage your own expectations. Like if you know that you only have X amount of time, but you have X amount of stuff that still needs to be done, well, how can you do that to your best, the best of your ability within your given amount of time? So maybe they don't, your horse doesn't get the best group job today, but you know, then change your expectations. Like, okay, I might not be able to give them the full groom, but I'm going to really check your legs. I'm going to really pick your feet. Like, choose what's most important and do those things in the time that you have. Um, and just, you know, what is the best that you can do in the moment? That's kind of my go-to. Yeah, and I think, like, the first um, the first part, to it, it really comes down to like a control thing. Um, like you, you're just never going to be able to control other people's standards. Um, I know like a personal instance of this for like, I'm, I'm just like you, I'm like always on time, right? Like that's number one, like I, I'm on time, I'm early, you know, it, it's one of my core principles in life, but not everyone's like that. So I've had friends giving me a ride that are showing up late or like I have to go with someone and they're like, no, we're going to be late. And like, there's something inside of me that boils, but I've learned to like, just kind of let go. It's like, okay, I'm on time. Um, like even the gym that I go to down here, like they, they start class like five, 10 minutes late. And I'm like, come on, you said six 30, like this is ridiculous. But you know, like 
I, I was on time and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to spend this extra time to stretch or like, you know, to take a few deep breaths of meditation. And these are the things that I can control. Um, yeah, yeah. Do your part, focus on your effort. Nothing else is worth batting an eye over. Um, and like, you know, I know who I am as a person if I expected absolutely everyone else to be just like me, I'd be frustrated all the time because I'm a weird person. Um, not a lot of people There's like me no out one there. Else like Tyler. Not a lot of people like Tyler out there. So like, you know, I, I have to have like just because I have high standards for myself doesn't mean like I expect everyone to be it like it all the time. And then, you know, like as far as your second question of you know, how do you make sure your own high standards don't drive you crazy? I mean, you just have to realize that you're a human being. Um, I try not to like do unhealthy things. Like I try not to eat processed foods or, um, have energy drinks, but literally last yesterday I was driving home from Wellington and I left at 4 PM and I was going to get home at 8 PM and I had just had a horse show and I felt like I was getting a little sick and, I just wanted to make it through the drive and like I wanted to be I think actually Emily this ties really well into what you were talking Brendan Bruchard um he said like who needs your a-game the most right now in that moment like my horses needed my a-game the most like I was driving a 40 plus foot rig down the highway and like I needed to be focused so I drank an energy drink and I ate some chips because like that was what was going to keep me awake in the moment. And now I know that that's not the standard that I want to live up to, but like my horses needed my A game. And so I, I deviated from my true compass North to get that done. And I think this really ties into what our actual advice for the month is going to be. Um, and it's just to outline your core values. Uh, I did this um, last year at the beginning of the year, right after Emily and I did our goal setting night, actually. And um, it, it really helps to be like, okay, like, take the time, sit down. This is who you want to be as a person and what you want to get out of life. And realizing that there is so much chaos in this world that it's not always going to be like that and you're not always going to be following those principles to a T, but like that's your true north, that's your compass, that's your idea, that's what you want. And that way when the times come when you're slipping up, it's like, it's okay, like this is what's happening right now, but like this is not the overarching theme of my life. Like, you never have to be tied to one thing. Like, just because you're setting high standards for yourself doesn't mean you're not going to slip up, doesn't mean you're not going to fall down, doesn't mean you're not going to screw up and eat an entire pint of ice cream. Like, when you when you have a health and wellness podcast, you know? Like, it's just like, this is life, people. So, uh, I the actionable advice, go ahead and outline that for yourself, and, and that will really help you throughout the journey. Yeah, and actually write it down, pen and paper. I, I think there's a lot of um, power behind the pen. Yes, 
I love pens. Click, click. Yeah. So, all right. I think that, that about does it, but thinking ahead, what's next for us? Uh, we've made some really cool flyers for our podcast because we're trying to get the word out. So, um, I don't know if you're, if you're down south for the winter, you might be seeing some of these flyers uh, pinned up at tech shops and shows and that sort of thing. But anyway, if anyone would like to help us promote the podcast, uh, just reach out to us on social media and we can send you a link with our flyer. And if you want to print some and like put them up at your local um, equestrian hangouts, that would be awesome. Uh, so we would love love that. Again, we're just trying to spread the word. So reach out to us if, if that's something you might be interested in, and we would really appreciate it. Yeah, and, and tell your friends about us and actually, like, show them where you listen to us because I think, like, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, like, I've heard about that, and, like, they just, like, don't – it's so easy. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. Like, we're on iHeartRadio. I think we're on every – platform now and like people just they just don't know and it's like here just show them be like here look let me download the episode on the on your phone for you and um help them check us out and and the other wonderful thing that you can do is um subscribe and give us a five-star review because that will really help us um and if you want to sponsor an episode like higher standards tack care sponsored this episode shoot us an email at the whole equestrian at gmail.com or you know reach out to us on social media we'd love um to set up just like a one-time sponsorship deal for an episode or if you want to do some sort of reoccurring relationship we're interested in any and all of the above so wonderful and we're really interested in working with people that kind of align with our brand and that are doing cool things in the community, just like Libby is doing with Higher Standards Leather Care. Yeah. So such a great story. I loved. I loved it's, it. It's awesome. Um, so again, just check her out. Uh, she's on social media. Has a website. And thanks again. So we hope you were able to gain some valuable insight onto how to set higher standards for yourself. Go ahead and check us out on. Facebook, Instagram, give us feedback. We're getting a lot of interaction these days. Um, Join the whole equestrian community. We've got people posting recipes and workouts for the healthy, conscious equestrian. So lots of good stuff happening. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. 